What? And so because of that, I've heard that's why we're a little low tonight. So that's okay. We're glad that you're here. I'm glad that everybody's safe and okay. I hate that I have the hiccups. Uh, but I'm glad everybody's safe and okay. And that's the most important thing. Um, turn with me tonight to John 14. Eight through eleven. No. I got rid of them just a second ago, and then they came back when I saw you, so I know the scaring won't work. <laughs> you missed the good joke. Okay, John 14, 8 through 11. So we're up to this point, if you remember last week, Jesus explained that he was, he was the way, the truth, and light, and no one comes to the Father except through him. And now they're going to ask the next question, reveal us the Father. So let's, uh, we're going to read this, and then uh, let's discuss two things here. Philip said to him, Lord... Show us the Father, and it's enough for us. And Jesus said to him, Have you been, have I been with you so long that you still do not know me, Philip? Whatever, whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How, how can you say, Show us the Father? Do, not, do you not believe that I am the Father? And the Father is in me. The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the uh, Father who dwells in me does his work. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or else believe on the account of the work, works of themselves. Excuse me. <coughs> so... We're going to look at two things that, and when Jesus revealed the, the, the Father, the first thing that we're going to need to understand is the human question. The human question. Up to this point, you have met five disciples. The first disciple you met was who? Judas. And he left that night to go betray Jesus. The second Really, second and three that you met was the beloved disciple. That's all it said. But we know that the blood disciple is who? The, blood, uh, the uh, beloved disciple is who? John. Third one you met was Peter. Last week we met another one called Thomas. And this week we meet who? Philip. What I love about this is as we're introducing these people... God's also kind of revealing to us their personality, okay? So, let's look at Philip and his question here. There's a lot of names that Philip gets 
uh, uh, put on him. One of the things is the bean counter. He's always the guy counting the odds and things like that. But I, I like this title for him better, Practical Philip. Philip, we always see him in the practical side. He's always looking for the practical part. He's always looking at what's going to happen. You know, he's the first one to ask, Lord, we don't have enough for all these people to eat. How are we going to feed them? And it was practical Philip who, who thought through that. It was practical Philip who went to Nathaniel and said, the guy that you've been looking for, I found. It was practical Philip who on several occasions says, Lord, have you thought this through? I love that Jesus shows these different personalities in his, in his group of men because he didn't have one one type of personality. He had multiple types of personalities showing you what the church is supposed to be like. Notice that he never got on to them for their personality. He always got on to them for their lack of, their lack of faith, their lack of our doubt. Okay? So, practical Philip. He's trying to make sense of the discussion. The problem is that he did not realize what he was asking. He asked to see the Father, to see God. He asked to see the Father, to see God. Trying to make sense of this discussion, the problem is that he did not realize what he was asking. It's a typical human question here. Philip's words here are easy to understand because they represent the general human longing to gain a firsthand personal and practical confirmation of theology, uh, theological ideas and assertions. The problem is that he did not realize what he was asking. This is not the first time that man has asked to see God, is it? We know in the Old Testament this has been asked before. Can I see God? But see, what he's trying to understand and what man needs to understand, just like when Peter says, I'm going to follow you to the death, just that was not too long ago when we just read, read that, okay? And what, what he said, Peter, Peter, by the time the night ends, you're going to deny me three times. By the night ends. He's already given the bread to Judas and says, what you got to go do, do quickly. He, Thomas has already said, Father, where's the way? Jesus, where's this way? And now Philip is saying, let us see him. Let us see the Father and then that will end this discussion. Because see, here they are. They're still in this mindset that we as humans, is unless we see it, we won't believe it. And it's going to be really cool when we get down. We're not going to go to Gethsemane. We're going to go to the part where he departs in 17 to it. But if you keep reading, that night when he prays, he prays for us specifically. He says, I pray for the disciples who will come after me, and they will have never seen me, but yet, what? Believe. 
So here's a couple examples, and I put some of these references on your uh, pages because I don't like to just give you stuff. I like for you to go and read too, because I want to always grow your knowledge. Moses asked for and was given a limited vision of God's glory. You remember that, Exodus 33? <coughs> and what he did, he hid Moses and went, what on the cliff of the rock, and he walked past him, and he could only see the backside of him. And what happened? When he walked down, when people saw him, what did they say they looked like? He was full of the glory. He was shining. He was, you know, he was glimmering. Isaiah 2 received a vision of God, Isaiah 6.1. Jesus is the greatest fulfillment of this limited Old Testament events. Also, Ezekiel 1, 26-27 talks about that. In keeping with the Old Testament teaching, Jesus denied the possibility of direct vision of God. See, although that Jesus was God incarnate, he was not the full version. Why? Because what did he tell Moses? If you fully saw me, what would happen? You surely will what? Die. Because we could not handle his holiness. Because we could not handle his holiness, only his son could die for us. That was part of the prob- uh, reason, too, for all this building up. So Jesus denied this possibility of direct, uh, uh, direct vision of God. Yet he makes the stunning assertion that those who have been with him have seen the Father. A clear claim to his de- deity. Jesus, um, sorry, Philip's request shows that he has not yet understood the point of Jesus' coming Namely, to reveal the Father. Well, again, he, he was with him for three and a half years. I get it. But it's still the human question, guys. Some of you have been in church all your life, and you still don't get the point of the Christianity. You still don't get the point of who we're supposed to be. See, just as Jesus' point was to reveal the Father, our point as Christians is to reveal the Son, to reveal Christ in us. We're supposed to show who Christ is. What does he say? Imitate me? Paul says, imitate me because I imitate Christ. And what it says, that we're to be imitators of God. The human question a lot of times is, hey, I want to know. I got to see. I get asked, I, I get told this a lot. Kent, if I could just see it, I'll believe it. Well, that's not faith. Another verse to write down is Hebrews 11.1. 1, it describes what faith is. Faith is believing without seeing. Let me just tell you, we need to have faith like a child. That has disappeared in churches. We, we want to have faith unless we see it. Let me just tell you, sometimes God has called us to do things that we don't understand, but he does, and we have to have faith to go do it. And in Philip's case, he wanted something that was practical. Because in his mind is, if I practically can see God, if you practically will reveal him right now, all discussion's over, no one will ever combat us. Sounds easy, right? Let's do it that way. Because we know, because he, he doesn't know what Jesus is about to do, but he knows that something's about to happen. They all sensed it, Okay. And he was like, man, just reveal them, and then the Pharisees, they'll be off our backs. The Sadducees, they'll be off our backs. The government, they'll be off our backs. We can reveal it. Boom, it's proven. 
Because that's the question I get asked all, all the time. Kent, if God is real, why will he not directly reveal himself to us? If God is real, why, why would all this stuff still happen? But see, here's the thing. God is real. He reveals himself through his creation. He reveals himself through us. He reveals himself through actions and holiness. But see, we have to have faith that he is real. Because it is easy to believe what you see. And he wants those who follow him to follow him because they have faith. If I tell you there's a stand up here holding my stuff, everyone will agree in this room, right? I would hope, right? They see it. That's easy to believe. And that's what people want. And that's why it's called the human question. What does, God, what does Jesus do? He gives the godly response. He gives the godly response. Don't you love how the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit treat us? I just love how they do that. Because it's almost like they have patience with us. You know, it's like a good father and a good mother who just have patience with their children, who ask the same stupid question over and over again. That's what I, I feel like sometimes when the disciples are talking and Jesus, you know, Jesus is like, okay, <laughs> let me tell you it for the 50th time, you know? It's like when he would trade off Simon and Peter's name sometimes because Simon means shifting sand and Peter means rock. And he would tell Peter sometimes, he'll go, oh, Simon Peter, oh, you're acting like sand again. Come here. But one day you're going to be the rock. I love that. The godly response. I am the Father, and the Father is in me. Though there is a complete mutual indwelling of the Father and the Son, the Father and the Son remain distant persons within the Trinity, as does the Holy Spirit, Matthew 28, 19, 2 Corinthians 13, 14. This ain't me just saying it. Here are verses. I believe in giving you Scripture. I believe that Scripture interprets Scripture. And the three of them still constitute as one being in three persons, and we call that the Trinity. Okay? One being, but yet three individuals distinct. What, can't explain it to me. I can't. I've studied, I can give you ideas and things. Again, that's where faith comes in. And the works themselves include these miracles of Jesus and also the other actions that, that the teachings that he did and he gave, we see here in verse 11. So let, let's kind of read here. He says, show us the Father. And I, and I, love, I love what he says. Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? When I was originally, my original point for this one was, show us the Father, like, show us the money. And uh, for those who do not know, that's uh, from Jerry Maguire, um, not the best of movies to see, but it was a very, very popular saying in the 90s when I was a kid. Show me the money. All right, show us the Father. Show me the Father. 
Do you not believe that I am the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak of my own authority. But the Father who has dwelled in me does his work. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Or as believe on the account of the works themselves. He says, you've seen the Father because you've seen me. I do not live on my own authority, but I live on that of God's authority, the Father's authority. And the reason how you can know this is by the works in which I've done. The godly response. Guys, and this is our godly, same godly response that we're to give today with the human question. Show us God. Show us Jesus. Where does Christ live in you? How do you know that? Should it not be shown by our works and our authority and the things in which we base ourselves on that people should have no doubt where Christ lives? That's the godly response. So instead of this, do you not believe that I'm in the Father and the Father is in me? It is, do you not believe that Christ is in me and I am in Christ? The words that I say to you do not speak on my own authority, but that the Christ who dwells in me does his work. The work of the Holy Spirit. Believe that I am in Christ and Christ is in me, or else believe on the counts of the works themselves, on the works in which we see. This is how we bring it into more of a contemporary time, guys. Here's the deal. The human question that practical Philip asked is there's a lot of practical Phillips out there. There's a lot of people who, who are in church and they practically want to understand and they want, because it sounds so easy, just give me the answers. If I could just give me the answers. Jenna, it's like, just give, Ken, if you just could just physically give me some stuff and I can show everybody, then they'll all believe and the whole thing will be over with. That sounds easy. Not that Jenna's ever asked me that, but I'm just using her. That would be so easy, wouldn't it? But that's not what we're given. The godly response, Jenna, is, do you not see Christ in me? Do you not see the works? And hey, before you say that, Dominic, you better be living it. It's not just, and here's the deal, but Ken, I'm not, I'm not talking. Yes, Christ is talking in perfectness that he can, but do you not understand the men that he just is about to send out? He's given us the characteristics of these men. You have Philip here who's going to be a great leader in the church one day who is saying, give me this. You have Thomas who was saying, God, just show us the way and, and i got to see this myself. And all these things that Thomas is about to do. We, we got Peter that says, I will die for you, God. No, by the end of the night, you're going to, you're going to uh, deny that you ever even knew me. But yet these men will give godly responses later as they grow in their faith and who they become. Because their power will no longer be the power of Philip or the power of Thomas or the power of John or the power of Peter, but the power of Jesus Christ. And when we stand to give a godly response today, I can show you God through me, through my actions, through my words, through my deeds, through my lifestyle. 
It's not because of my power. It's not because of Jenna's power or Dominic's power. Not the power of Abigail or the power of Krista, but it's the power of Jesus Christ. And let me just tell you right now, that should be evidence enough. Because here's the deal. Even these people who love to see it, if they see it, some of them would even believe it either. Well, Kent, how can you say that? Jesus lived among them for 33 years and many of them still did not believe. God showed the power of His work on all the Israelites and several countries would say, they worship the true God, but yet they still did not believe. And they practically saw it. Let them see who our power is, and that is through God. That's my prayer for you tonight. Is there still that human question? And there's still the godly response. What a beautiful understanding that we can have. When the Father, when Jesus revealed the Father, and now we have the opportunity to reveal Christ through us. Let's pray together. Oh, Father, we thank you for who you are. We thank you that you have come and you have shown Christ. And Christ has shown you. And Father, we pray for our friends and our family who constantly want to know the human question. But Father, I pray that we will give a godly response to those questions. Please forgive us where we have failed you. Guide and lead us in all that we do. In your name, amen.